Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Lev, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble of Black Tribbles, and I am back here on the Michelle Mission once again with my partner. Uh, Vincent, this is Vincent Williams. Of It's All Soul. Oh, yes. Soon to be every Wednesday in the next couple of weeks, but as of now, every Monday from 8 to 10 on GTownRadio.com. We are on the Michelle Mission, two yeah. men, one podcast, every black film ever. Tonight, we are bringing you a review of Amazon Studios' very first feature film release that was released to theaters in December and is now available for all of you Prime members on their streaming services. It is Spike Lee's Chirac. This is an emergency. This is an emergency. Homicides in Chicago, Illinois have surpassed the death toll of American Special Forces in Iraq. Hey, it's all immediate. Welcome to Chirac. Chirac, where we at, Marcel? Land of pain, misery, and strife. Everybody here got a man banging and slanging, fighting for the flag, risking that long zip for the cadaver bag. All to the bang, 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 bang. It all started with a gorgeous Nubian sister. What's up, Spinner? They call her Alyssa Strzok, a woman like no other. You just try taking away their guns. Okay, okay, the dirty poppers. Because my gun go boom, I'll make sure a Trojan end up in the next. All right, well, what else do they love? Repeat after me. I will deny all rights of access or entrance. I will deny all rights of access or entrance. Mr. Strider had them all take a solemn oath. Lock it up! Lock it up! Stop the murder madness or there would be no more posts. The situation's out of control because I'm in front of an empty stripper pole. That's right. You get snubbed. Oh, snap! We gonna make sure these fools put down these guns. Police sirens, air day. People dying, air day. Mama's crying, air day. Father's trying, air day. Trying to get my head straight. It's the city of Chirac, and get your bed made. Do you want justice? Please pray for my city. Too much hate in my city. Too many hard aches in my city. But I got faith in my city. This Chirac and I love that you can't take it away from my city Some can't relate to my city They die every day in my city Can't shoot so babies get whacked That's how it is in Chirac And y'all mad cause I don't call it Chicago Boy, I don't live in Chicago Boy, I live in Chirac Peace This is an emergency Chirac 2015 American satirical musical drama film. This is what Wikipedia tells us. That was co-written by Spike Lee with Kevin Wilmot. Kevin Wilmot, um, famous director and writer of the CSA Confederate States of America. Yes, yes. Uh, This is set in Chicago. And it is a satire that adapts the Greek tragedy comedy by Aristophanes Lestrada. Lestrada. Um, it, it, it adapts that classical Greek comedy in which women withheld sex from their husbands as punishment for fighting in the Peloponnesian Wars. Uh, now, Lestrada, 
played by Tiana Paris, famously Dawn of Mad Men. Black and, Dawn. Yes. Black Dawn. Mm-hmm. And, uh, As and, opposed to White Dawn. Uh, yes. Right. White Dawn. Yes, right, this right, is right. Black Dawn. Right. Uh, Tiana Paris plays Lestrada, who rallies all of the girlfriends of these rival gangs, the Trojans, led by Cyclops, a.k.a. Wesley Snipes, in a bedazzled eye patch, and the, and the Spartans. For those keeping count, this will be my first heavy sigh heavy of sigh. the episode. Let, let's, keep a, let's keep a running tab on the heavy sigh. Right, so that's one, that's one with the bedazzled eye patch, which is actually what I wrote down. <laughs> I said he has a bedazzled eye patch. Uh, so the, the, the Trojans are in at war against against the Spartans, led by the pants a sagging, head, heavily thug rapper slash gangster mm-hmm. Chirac, Chirac. Uh, uh, of the title, uh, played by Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon. This film it, it features Jennifer Hudson, Angela Bassett, John Cusack, and in the role of the Greek chorus Samuel L. Samuel Jackson. L. Jackson. There's two Samuel Jackson films in a row. How about that? How about, yeah. Well, well, when you're as prolific as Samuel L. Jackson, <laughs> it's kind of hard not to hit a movie yeah. where he's not in. True, most certainly. This is a like the the Greek comedy or tragedy that it gets its story from. This is a film of less a story as a a bunch of scenes all put together to house a. A message, a political. It's it's almost message. like a morality play. It certainly is, you, you know. And play is the apt is yeah. the apt word because yeah. as filmed as it is, and as as beautiful uh, filming, you know, <laughs> of a movie as it is, this is completely a play. The cinematography. This is my third one, by the way. That's three. <laughs> the cinematography by Matthew Labat mm-hmm. is is extraordinary in this film, and there's very striking imagery in this movie. And all of the dialogue, or the, or the heavy part of the dialogue, is all it's all done in verse, uh, as a Greek play would be. Uh, it strides some somewheres off of that to a degree, but this is definitely in verse, but not like Romeo and Juliet. Who, well, my lady, as we were watching it, she, she would that it called to mind. It called Romeo and Juliet's recent adaptation with uh, 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 Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, John Leguizamo from years, of, years ago. Yeah, that's interesting. They brought that to mind, but I pointed out to her that that was actually while the scenery and everything was updated, they were actually reciting the I was, Shakespearean I was, I was, play. It's so funny. I was just talking about Romeo and Juliet. Actually, what I was talking about. Did you ever read King of the Cats? No, I did not. King of the Cats by... Um, anyway, it's a graphic novel, but it's it's the... Romeo and Juliet story, but from the point of view of Mercutio. Mercutio? Mercutio, Juliet's uh, cousin. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I, I did not know that. Yeah. And that was a graphic novel? It's a graphic right? novel. Wow. Well, Actually, go. it's not King of the Cats. It's Prince of Cats. Prince of Cats. Okay. And that is by Ron Wimble- Wimberly. Oh, okay. Ron Wimberly. And available on Amazon right yeah. now. Yeah, Hip hop yeah. retelling of William Shakespeare's mm-hmm. Romeo and Juliet. So this this brought that to mind to her, but I pointed out the difference that whereas that was actually doing Shakespeare's play, so they were doing Shakespeare's words right. in, a, in a, a modernized setting, this is 
actual original dialogue that is spoken in verse. Right. Um, with kind of like the, trying to maintain as much as possible the vernacular of the streets that this film represents. The title, Chirac, is a, co- a combining of Chicago and Iraq and speaking to the the uh, rash of lost lives right. that that city right. has um, been dealt over the last 15 years of striking in this, in this film, the film opens in a very striking way with a lot of, with the words of like pretty much the theme theme song, pray for the city. Right. Um, which basically reps for Chirac being um, emboldened on the screen. Each, each line emboldened there. So you can follow, you can hear, you can hear the, the, the lyrics and the urgency of the lyrics right. as performed by Nick Cannon. Surprisingly, right, right. And, and, you know, the Chirac, obviously an allusion to Iraq because they right. do, they, they show the numbers of lives lost in Afghanistan, the lives lost in Iraq. And then they show the lives that have been lost in Chicago, which is in the past 15 which years, is quite a number more. Right. Which is, which is more, which is, and which is right. what, uh, emboldened Spike Lee to, uh, do this film uh, and speak to that violence that has overtaken that city. I um I think the other thing about the title, just since we're on it, and and they speak to it, you know, very ham handedly in the film, like many things are dealt with. It kind of speaks to something you see in a lot of American cities about how they're two cities. Yes, like there's Chicago and there's Chirac, and they actually say in the film, you know, there's Philadelphia and, and there's Philadelphia, and in my own beloved Baltimore, it's Body Mo- Bodymore Murderland, and yeah. and as I was watching, I actually thought about that, and I think that's you know that is commentary on mm-hmm. on life in the American city and how you really do have these two cities. That all of that is backdrop to what. More or less is the main story of these these women taking taking hold of their sexuality and withholding it from these the all of the men because they rally everyone they rally the prostitutes the sex workers the the older women they rally women women in far off countries this right becomes it becomes a, a global it becomes a global, a global thing movement. it quickly goes it quickly goes viral this you know withholding of sex so, to promote peace so much so that they take over an armory from which they can you know tell their story and, and shout their message out on the, on the mountaintop. And it's interesting to see that as much as they have a very positive and progressive reason for why they're doing this, there are men not involved in the, in the gang wars who are like, well, this is some, this is some BS, you know, like, you know, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't out there, you know, shooting up the neighborhood or anything like that. Why should I be, uh, why should I have you know the sex withheld from me? There's so much packed into this story. You have Jennifer Hudson's story, who who deals with the loss of her daughter, who was uh, who died because of a, a straight being caught by a straight, straight bullet, bullet in a, in a drive-by shooting. You have the film opening with a shooting at a at a club at a, at a concert where Nick Cannon's character Chirac is performing and their the rival dr- gangs come in and they shoot they shoot up and and one of his people gets got and one of their pre- people get got and then there are there are injuries all throughout you have um John Cusack as the the priest 
in this neighborhood. Right. Who's parallel to the real life priests in Chicago. Right. Uh, Father of Flyker. 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 I think Mm -hmm. like Michael or Matthew Flyger. Yes. Right. Um, who who kind of like did, who who was famous for doing pretty much the same thing and 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 uh, speaking out against this against this violence um, and and the the reasons behind this violence and it, this film strikingly as much as it does has something to say about the government and its association with the NRA and its associ- and the lack of support for impoverished uh, neighborhoods and everything like that. More strikingly, this film speaks out against the us as a people and men and this kind of one living in um, within a culture of fear and apathy, which keeps us from, from speaking out against what is going on around us, what we all see, no one right. speaking out to, to, uh, to, to show up as a witness to, uh, slayings or shootings or violence in, in the streets. Um, and also there, this, this false machismo that pumps up men's hearts. Like, you know, cause you know, cause I can be this destructive force in, in the streets and all, and all this crazy stuff. It was interesting. There's a scene where Angela Bassett, who is a uh, older woman who's survived some things in the street, mm-hmm. uh, speaks of a time losing her child, losing her child the same way, right. through the same way, through a stray bullet. And the, the boy who took her child from her coming to her, you know, a, a day or so later, but coming to her and apologizing, right? You know, turning himself in because that's what you did, and and it's and she was speaking to how the, you know, for lack of a better word, because you know, you know, I'm uncomfortable with a lot in this movie, but you know, even the the use of terms like gang, in a lot of ways is simplistic. When you well, get, it's not gang; they don't call them gangs anymore. Well, call them organizations. Well, here's remember? the thing: exactly, even that, you know, gang culture has changed. Yes even in the past 20, 30 years and how, you know, there's no code yes. of conduct anymore. Yes. And she says, you know, her well, as you said, her, her daughter died, but it wasn't a case of everybody was quiet about it. It right. was a case of this is out of bounds. Mm-hmm. And the, the man who did it stepped up right out of, out of um, obligation, but also out of fear because as she says, there was this checks and balances in place. It was a fear that the that the town that the people that the people in would the turn against would turn against him. exactly. So and then you know she's uh, contrasting that with how things have changed. So yeah, yeah. It's um and in that and in the many of the things that it that it uh, what this movie wants to represent and wants to put forward, just like Spike Lee's all of his movies, all of his movies come you know full of messages. Right. And this this is no less so. And by the merits the settings of this film because it is to a degree a bunch of disjointed scenes yes it pretty much is like just headlines on the page there's one headline and a quick little you know uh synopsis and then boom there's another headline and and they're tangentially you know there's a through line with the whole withholding of sex things but there's so many other things it's barely a coherent narrative. It's, like, it's let's not. just say what it is. Like this is barely a beginning, a middle, and an end. There's, there's not at all. And that is, that is observation, right? 
as opposed to analysis or or value judgment. Because, right. you know, I think, you know, it's really interesting looking at the reviews. Oh, yeah. Of Chirac, because they're all over the place. And you have some people who were sort of deeply offended by it and, and, and by what he did. Then you have other people who, you know, kind of give him credit for taking on the message. And then you, you have this sort of third stream. And, and like I'm thinking about like uh, Forbes magazine or, you know, Peter Travers and Rolling Stone talked about it being the most audacious thing Spike Lee has made in years. We're, we're just from uh, um, from the point of view of craft. Mm hmm people were just sort of impressed that Spike Lee would even take something like this on. Right. And I think what kind of has caught my attention in all of the reviews, because, because I was, I was thinking this myself and I've listened to you talk and I've, I've waited for you to say this or not say this. Very few critics pro con sort of crap say whether or not they liked it. Well, like that's, that's, that's not true. I actually found a few critics that liked it. Like I liked it. Like I will watch it. It was a good movie. Mm. I enjoyed. Not that it wasn't important, right? Not that this was um, noble, because it is a noble. It's a no, very noble effort. It, it's a noble effort. But I liked it. Like this was a good movie. Mm. I enjoyed this movie. You're, you're saying that very few critics said that said you're that. not necessarily saying that right you're right. saying that not very right. few critics said that. because i don't know i don't know how i feel well i feel a, a couple of things and, and, and you know it's 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 sort of damning with faint praise when you say i admire the fact that he did it right but i have i do have a lot of fundamental issues with the film itself with the film itself well yeah well just first speaking on some, what you were talking about some critics uh justin chang of variety said that this is a sprawling blistering state of the reunion address that is spike lee's most vital movie in years anthony lane of new yorker said that um the new spike lee film reaching boldly back across the millennia is a monarch uh, finds inspiration in Aristophanes with Lestrada being a modern counterpoint of her namesake in ancient Athens. He says the rhetoric of the movie is thunderous. John Cusack holds nothing back. He, he, he shouts out John Cusack's role as a neighborhood preacher, but the movie wanders as much as it inflames and you end up feeling not so much persuaded as hectored while the dialogue rendered largely in verse stumbles as often as it flows that's uh anthony lane from new yorker magazine i i was myself watching this film i wasn't sure okay this is a farce i can tell this is a farce is this uh a, a sexual farce is this just a political farce is it just a i i, I is, it, is it a tragic farce or is it all of a mixture of all of the above which would i think it tried to do I really wanted it to succeed. Yes, like you say, it's damning if we're fake praise that, you know, I admire the effort. I admire what he was going for. I don't think he stuck the landing at all because I think there was too many parts that was just um, moving parts in this. One of them, and I know a lot of people rep for this guy, and I've rep for him in the past, but the film score by Terrence Blanchard was, to me, just so in my face 
and so on top of so many of these scenes in such a distracting way that it gotten it got in the way of me understanding or even attempting to understand what was happening in certain scenes and paying attention to the words, which you already were struggling to pay attention to because they are recited in verse. Cause you're trying to, you know, catch the couplets and catch exactly what the couplets are and what they're saying. And right. Right. Like that. I, I just really, I wanted to really enjoy this film. I just think that on the other, I, I came away just numb to the message. I don't think, I think the lack of a coherent story you get away with. I think you, I think you get away with that in the theater. I think you can get away with that in the theater in a film. I don't think you can get away with that. Here's, here's, here's my, my, my main thing. I think tonally, Oh, it's all over the, the movie place. The movie is all it's all over the over place. The it doesn't place. want it doesn't know whether or not it wants to be like a kind of like slapdashy hip hop right. comedy. And or... you remember when the first trailer came out? Oh yeah, was there was this huge pushback because it really was. And and I kind of wrote down. I wrote you know late eighties, early nineties spike. Yeah. Because tonally, there's so much that it's like school day. You know where it is this this light touch. And there is this musicality to it. But at the same time, like you can't have a film where you have like the syncopated movements of the women and the stylized camouflage when they're talking to the men and they're talking about, you know, holding on to their sexuality and they all move as one. And then you have a scene with Jennifer Hudson cleaning the blood of her dead nine year old off the street. And it's played perfectly straight it is you know the, if even if you look at the camera like the the, the the camera stays on her and you get this shot and it's a because you know the frustrating thing for me with this is that spike lee is a master filmmaker so you do get these moments that kick you in the chest mm-hmm. but there are a moment and then it's 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 wesley snipes with a bedazzled eye patch yeah, see, or or it's Tiana, it's it's Lestrada, you you know, in in the office with the the little racist general in the cannon. Oh God, I hated that scene. But then it's the little girl's funeral. Yeah, and it's this wonderful sort of scene where he captures the spirituality and 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 the beauty and the sacred nature of the black church. You think so? I did, and and then John Cusack gives that blistering sermon mm-hmm. about this real life situation in Chicago. Like this is a real life, actual situation happening in real time, where children and men and women are dying in Chicago. And now we cut to the Spartans, and they're all wearing purple, and 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 it's like something out of Grand Theft Auto. And I don't. And it it's just, it was just very jarring to me, like 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 the best thing I can say is that it was jarring and tonally it was off. Like that's the best thing I can give Spike because I love Spike Lee and he's my favorite filmmaker. But when you read things like you know the Chicago Tribune obviously uh, had had a, a stake in the way Chicago is represented, but you see people who say that this was actually disrespectful. Yeah. To a real life situation. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you have people say that, but you, then you have to question their motives and their their agenda behind why they're saying that. But because I live in Chicago and this is nothing to be making light of, 
I don't think he was making light of anything. The, the tonal shifts are are storytelling elements that he was going for, and I think they they do they do butt up against each other. But I don't think that he was in any time he's making light of of the of the situation there. You know, we've used the term bedazzled eye patch three times. We have, and and that and that and. He has a bedazzled eye patch. He's got a funny. The character is funny in his mannerisms and his little laugh. <laughs> Wesley Snipes is having fun. You know what I'm saying? But Wesley Snipes is clearly in another movie from that's everyone else. I said too. I, that's what we said. He's we in a whole nother movie. Like you wonder if Angela Bassett knew that these other movies were getting made. Right. While she's filming her scenes. She's filming her scenes across town. <laughs> right. And, and Jennifer she, Hudson is. And yeah, Jennifer okay. Hudson is like, this is going to be some good stuff. And then they see a day. It's like, what the What the? Is there an out on my contract? You know, but, <laughs> but, you know, but, but even still, even still with that, you know, Jennifer, I mean, uh, Angela Bassett, especially her character kind of like gets into the fun of it. There's a whole scene where it's her and the older women right. uh, having their, uh, having their, their talk back about how they're going to join in with the, you know, no peace, no pussy rally. And then they've got this whole talk back with the guys, uh, the older gentlemen led by Stephen Harris mm-hmm. from, um, from the practice. So she gets into the fun of it as well. But, and here's where I challenge you on Spike Lee being a master filmmaker. I, okay. I too enjoy spike lee i i i enjoy many of his films but while i think he is a very good a very inventive film maker okay because he can paint some very evocative pictures yes with film i don't find him to be a very good director because his storytelling it, i find it lacking I think as time has gone on, and I think this is a perfect example of it, I think Spike Lee has very much become detached and a rich guy. Like, he's an old rich guy. Like, when I watched this, I said, this sound, this this feels like something an old rich guy made. Really? About this situation. You know, I mean, look, I, first of all, I think... This is an idea that sounds more clever on paper than it does the whole adapting the of whole the play. A, a, adapting the play in in the in the Lestrada myth and applying it to a modern situation and specifically a modern situation about urban violence, gang violence, whatever euphemism you want to use, and even more specifically the violence in Chicago because I okay. think the violence in Chicago has a vi- like it's it it's a rat's nest of reasons behind it whether you're talking about the 90s where they kind of broke down the leadership of these gangs that you know I mean, you know gang culture in chicago you're talking two three four generations of people yes sir. you know whether you're talking about and and they and 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 angela bassett says it and then they move away from it immediately when angela bassett says she lived in cabrini green mm-hmm. and then they tore cabrini green down like so much of what's going on in chicago is a result of regentrification. Yep. They tore down all this stuff. You move people together who don't live together traditionally, and then stuff happens. So, you know, it's all of that happening. And to say that the Lestrada myth, and if women just withhold sex, we can force men into peace, mm-hmm. completely bypasses all of this other really nuanced, really complicated thing. And 
if you just want to make that story, that's fine. Like this, this is, you know, again, satire. You can kind of um, say that it alludes to certain things. Yes, it does. You can say that, but you can't have actual mothers of actual dead children hold up actual pictures of the actual dead children. Dare I say Jennifer Hudson, who has suffered from violence in, you know, not necessarily connected to gang violence, because you but know she, that's a, that was a domestic situation. Yes, but she's there, certainly her family has and, had and violence. And part of the it. pushback from Spike Lee was that Jennifer Hudson's in this movie and she's from Chicago. Right. So, in my mind, what I said about him being a rich guy, I think it's very easy to to look at this stuff and say. Why don't they just put the guns down? Why don't they just stop being violent? Why don't they and and it it's it's a lot more complicated than that. But like you said, there are allusions to the more complicated to the bigger issues. Is are there yeah. allusions or is it just um what's it called where where you just sort of you just sort of kiss it real quick and and you you, you know it's like. Oh, by the way, it should be we should have some yeah. jobs too. Right. By the way, they should open the trauma center down here. Yeah, yeah, and then you're you're back to everybody dressed in white, and Wesley Snipes now has a new bedazzled eye patch. Yes, I did notice that. It's a white one. He's he went and got a white bedazzled. Eye. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he did. So you know, I I think, and it's very much an indulgence. Like like I think a lot of these directors when they get older and established and you don't have people telling them no like like this film very much struck me as an indulgence like i'm spike well, most lee, certainly most certainly and this yeah. is the type of thing i can do because i'm spike lee and i i have no problem with like i think it's beautiful that spike lee is in the position to make this sort of film right because i think and he's he's in the i position. just wish it wasn't about chicago i guess is my biggest thing i wish it was about something like a made-up thing so like, they they made a made up a uh, like a made up a city. I mean, just do Grand Theft Auto, like do San Andreas, because that's what it looked like. This yeah. looked like San Andreas the movie. Yeah, but but I can understand trying to doing it in Chicago because at least having some type of real world setting makes this this very theatric and over the top presentation at least gives it some type of reality to the audience, especially the audience that you're trying to reach. Because if it if you set it someplace else, then maybe that detaches them from the actual reality of the situation. But putting it someplace where, yeah, this is this is you know, this is where this stuff is happening and maybe trying to step outside of what is happening in this real world and seeing it for the actually kind of seeing it for the the comedy and tragedy of it all you know the the guys walking around all you know puffed up with you know with their testosterone with their pants dripping off of their asses you know with with them dressed in these colorful gaudy accented over-the-top materialistic trappings such as bedazzled eye patches with with the women who throughout the film to uh you know Lestrada is a very sexual woman in her in her trappings all throughout the 
all throughout the film, even when she does kind of start marrying the, those clothes more to her image with the fatigues and, and everything like that. It's it's there still is a, a staunch sexuality about that, which you do see pre- prevalent in these streets. Um, so pre- presenting that the theater of that setting, which is right there, live in your streets, it's right here on Germantown Avenue as well. I can see him doing that. Here's, I think there's a difference between I see this theater as an outsider, Mm -hmm. and I am part of it or I inhabit it. I I mean, just to make it simplistic, Spike Lee Chicago has absolutely nothing in common with Spike Lee's New York. But it shouldn't. But 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 part of the reason I think it doesn't is because Spike Lee knows New York. And doesn't know Chicago. And he doesn't know Chicago. So, you know, I can go to do the right thing, but you don't even have to go that far back when you talk about the theater and 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 the plumage and everything you just said, the colors of a city. One of my favorite late Spike Lee movies is Twenty Fifth Hour. And Spike Lee's post 9-11 New York, like there's this wonderful scene in there where Ed Norton's is is basically, you know, it's 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 it plays off of the do the right thing scene where everybody, all the different people say and he's about to leave and he's saying, you know, F you and F you and all of these different types of New Yorkers come on. It's such a love letter to New York. And, you know, like I said, it's right after 9-11. So everything that goes on there and it's New York and this is not somebody from the outside looking in and you know I was about to tease you for me because you, you you gotta watch it you, you sound like granddad from this boy need to pull the pants up in the pants is, is second down to the, the pants and I sound like granddad just real talk I mean it's real talk but I like you, when did when did macho become but you also show your perspective mm-hmm. like I didn't say you were wrong and obviously I'm I share your perspective more than I would Culture Kings is a podcast on the How Stuff Works Network, hosted by comedians Jacquees Neal and Edgar Montplacier. Every Wednesday and Friday, these two friends dive into topics ranging from sports, music, to movies, style. They wonder whether or not Donald Glover is a genius or a weirdo. They continuously decipher Kanye West's tweets and behavior. They also have recurring segments like Queen of the Week, The List, and Top Fives like Marvel Movies and Video Games. Listen to Culture Kings and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and find out the best way to eat a taco. Oh, what's the best way to eat a taco? Vince, with your hands? With your hands. Also, with salsa on top of everything to hold the ingredients down. It's like a layer. It's the layer. Right. So that the lettuce doesn't fall off. Can't have falling lettuce a 20 year old but but understand that that is your perspective and for you to say that not you person not you i'm talking about spike lee as a filmmaker like this is how i'm going to depict gangs it is very much someone from the outside looking in saying this is what they look like to me and you know you talk about the, the 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 extravagance of the colors and the clothes but it's like do you really think the Bloods and the Crips have like blue light bulbs and red light bulbs and they only drink blue drinks and they only drink red drinks? And it's like, you, you know, it, 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 there's this theat- 
theatrical over the top nature that to me again it was Spike showing that he doesn't really know about this okay like I, I'm from the outside looking in and you know A I'm A always A I'm a New York dude but B I mean come on now Sp- Spike Lee been Spike Lee for 30 years now like Spike Lee has legitimately been Spike Lee for 30 years and I think you have to be very careful when you are the rich, old, privileged filmmaker mm. talking about the. And I think, and I see what he's thinking. He's thinking, you know, I'm black, they're black. I got something to say about this. And I, but, but you know, as I was watching it, I was thinking if Martin Scorsese or Kevin Smith or Quentin Tarantino had depicted people of color like this. We would have stormed the gates. You think so? And said, this is caricature. This is stereotype. You are making light of some real situations. Mm-hmm. And 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 I did it we we're on the same page. I was watching it with my wife and, and you and you saw the scenes again back to the tonal shifts. And it was like, wow, I don't know if Jennifer Hudson knows that she's in the same movie as Nick Cannon. In 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 the purple under the purple lights, like right. I don't know if if this is the same or you know at the end with with, with the actual again the actual mothers come in mm-hmm. with the pictures of their mm-hmm. actual children. Like I don't know, like I kept I kept trying to see them in the same scene with Wesley Snipes and like how do you feel and like do they know that they're in the movie with with Lestrada in the office with the little white general talking about riding the cannon, riding the cannon. And, you know, I, I, again, it's it's like damning it with the faintest of praise because I love Spike Lee. I think he meant well. See, I, I, I see what you see as uh, maybe a commentary on his privilege getting in the way of what he's trying to do. I just see him embracing the the theater of the of the, of the whole exercise. I just don't think it, it it pulls off i think it's a, it, it the disjointedness of it and the running time of it getting away this movie is like two hours and 10 minutes long it's easily could have had 25 minutes cut off i mean hasn't that always been one of the great critiques of spike lee yeah. like he needs a, a better editing yeah you know again i think Sp- again 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 spike lee has been capital s capital l spike lee probably since she's got to have it like i don't know how much people were stepping in and and saying you know spike you got to do this you got to do that and i think that you know there are a number of spike lee movies that they unravel yeah well this this one unravels big time um, to me, I acknowledge trying to do something different and I, and I appreciate it. I really do because I, I hunger for something different in black cinema. So I, I did hunger for this. And like I said, there are some beautiful, there are some beautiful, powerful scenes where the, the characters, not just, uh, Samuel Jackson at the chorus, but there are some beautiful, powerful scenes where the characters speak directly to the camera directly out to the audience, especially the Lestrada. Um, that she's technically talking to uh, Nick Cannon, but the, the they keep going back and forth, and she's talking straight into the camera, and, and you know you're stuck 
I was I was stuck by I was I was just awestruck by that. I was awestruck because she's an extremely good looking woman, but uh, I was awestruck by just the 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 power of what she was saying. Angela Bassett as as well is like I said is is having fun with the serious moments with the lighter moments. Um, she's just having a really great time, especially like the one scene where she pretends to be her sister yes. and like the insurance guy comes up, which was a very cool scene, yeah. you know, like comes out of nowhere. It's just a commentary on how we in the neighborhood kind of like start eating off of ourselves, you know, right, our own right. misery. So, and I appreciated the little short little story that that presented and it was a great scene for her, but she can do no wrong in this. Angela Bassett can do no wrong with me. Um, but I mean, she she look. Angela she, she she brings her a game. She brings her a game to everything she does. And right. She, she 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 knocked it out the box. So so there's there's a lot of great things. There's a lot of great there's a lot of great scenes. There's one great scene, and I am I am not a Nick Cannon fan. I do not like Nick Cannon. There's very there's very little things that Nick Cannon has ever done that I have. Even appreciated at all. You you ain't like Drumline. I thought Drumline was not a bad movie, and I thought he was not bad in it. But overall, like when we get to that film, you'll hear me talk about Drumline. Can we unpack that for like three minutes? What's your What's your Nick Cannon? This. I think that Nick can I think. Um, I don't find Nick Cannon to be an especially. How can I put it? How can I put it? I don't find him to. I can't say that he's not talented. Okay. I, I I won't go. I won't do him this this service and say that. But but he doesn't resonate with me. I don't find him to be an especially good actor. When I've seen him host, like you know, he does like some hosting shows. I think like People's America's Got right, Talent right, or something right, like right. that. You know, he, he he does that pretty well. He I've seen him host some different you know specials and stuff. He's kind of cool. I find him a little grating on that little that snap show where he did where they were like making jokes at everybody's mm-hmm. expense. I find I found him grating on there to a degree. I don't know. It's just just something about the guy. He just doesn't connect with me. Okay. That being said, you're seen. And there is a scene which was very interesting because you're you're you see in this film that almost every woman in the scene rallies behind the whole no peace, no pussy you yes. know, uh, uh, movement. And yet there is a scene where Nick Cannon is shown having sex with one woman who obviously is like, I'm still down. Right. And, and, and it is only just the one woman. Yes. Um, and which I wanted more of that, by the way wanted more of seeing the, people breaking ranks and, and, and like like really you complicate get a hint, this thing yeah you get a hint of it yeah but but also ultimately it's, it's not what you think what you think um but so so he has that scene where he has sex with the woman and then there then afterwards when they're in repose he starts speaking about about his mother mm-hmm. and about how he had seen his mother you know, not with his father, but with some other guy, you know, having sex. And you see kind of like a flashback to that scene. And because you have just seen him have sex with this woman and you've seen him earlier with Lestrada, you, that flashback scene and his reading of that scene speaks volumes to why he is who he is at this point in time, his viewpoint on women, his viewpoint on, on sex, his view, viewpoint on masculinity as well. And I do think that 
in that scene, he came off very believable. He came off very, very powerful. And I, I enjoyed his work in that scene. Did it make me change my mind on Nick, Nick Cannon? No, not one scene is not going to do it. And he completely undoes it at the end of the movie when he has his little breakdown scene, which just right, right. was again, grating Nick Cannon to me. But that was, that certainly was a window into what lies underneath and what can come, what can be brought out in the man. And, and, and that's the movie I wanted. Yeah. You wanted like, more of that. Like, like, like again, I'm more interested in the root causes of our situation. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that does. I mean, it's, it's, it's not brain surgery. Like, like it, it really is there. You have all of these, I'll say parentless. Cause I think we, we spend a lot of time talking about fatherless, but I think we have parentless children mm-hmm. and you get trying to kind of cobble it together. And this is what you get. And and you you know there is all and and I will I will grant you this like when when you talked about I guess the performative nature of masculinity that they touch on I think a lot of that is I have to come up with how I think a man is based on what I've seen mm-hmm. and I kind of again cobble together because no one has actually shown me right. So then you do, it is very over the top. It is very kind of, you know, again, caricature, if you will. And if the angle of the story would have shifted like four degrees, I thought that would have been brilliant because what I got from that, like I liked Nick Cannon, but I thought he was horribly miscast. Okay. Like I thought he was actually distracting as this kind of hypersexualized you know, greased up super rapper man. And it's like, mm-hmm. come on, dog, it's Nick Cannon. What are y'all doing right now? And and you know, it's like you like you can see Nick Cannon's agent told him this is gonna open this up you, dog. this is you. This is this is gonna open up a whole, whole new, new avenue of roles for you. But I like that read of it. That in a way it kinda has to be Nick Cannon in this role. Mm-hmm. Because Nick Cannon playing this role is literally Nick Cannon doing dress up. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like it's like that assignment that they give your kid where where you ask where they like ask your kids what do your parents do at work every day? Mm-hmm. And they kind of come up with but their kids so they don't know so they think where well, they go to the office and they ping on the computer or they you know do whatever. It's like, well that's not what I do, but that's what I see from the outside, you know, looking and observing. See, but as real as that scene was, I wanted a similar scene like that for Lestrada. Well, and because her almost everything that she does in this in this film is played for the for the for the farce of the play, which is which is not bad. Yeah. But but because her character is so emblematic of this story, I wanted her to have that moment, you know, because she pretty much is, you know given to you know speechifying look you gotta say it you talking about spike lee you brought it how can you not say it spike lee and his female characters this is the, yeah have been a source of criticism <laughs> since she's gotta have it. yeah because even when he tries to big them up in like girl six ironically i think she's gotta have it has a pretty complicated female character i think you know people are, the, people are uncomfortable 
with with, with who she is. Right. But she is a very complicated, a, a compli- and she has her own agency in it. But um, I actually like Girl Six. No, I like Girl Six. Like but- I thought, Girl Six is actually one of my like like whenever I get into the Spike Lee female character arguments. Well, actually, that's you can go to right. I actually go to Girl Six. Exactly. But uh, but this this very much you know if you want to throw rocks at Spike Lee for not having um well constructed female characters, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, yeah, they're they're all pretty much it's it, you know we were just bigging up Jennifer Hudson, Angela Bassett, and uh, Tanya. I hope I'm saying her name right, Tanya uh, Paris. Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are to a degree just caricatures. They have one speed. Yeah. Like Jennifer Hudson's one speed, one speed, one note. As I'm crying, I'm crying because I got a dead yeah. daughter. Like that's what I'm. A, that's my role in this movie, right? But to but to be fair, you know, John Q. Six role is pretty much I, just w- one note. I was about to say everybody's every, pretty every, much everybody one note. is one note, which goes back to the first thing that you said, and and it's sort of not even the theatrical. I always think about the morality play. Yeah, you, you know the morality, you know the old school, like whatever century European tradition. Which the irony is that one thing I did write irony because these two had a very public scuffle. Mm-hmm. This is Spike Lee's Tyler Perry movie. This is his Tyler Perry movie. It's very sort of didactic and and pointed and 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 one note, and there are no characters. It's just people on the screen that are there to deliver these these kind of morals and, and these and these missives about what you should do and things that are bad. And I meant to ask you this early when you said it about the audience. I don't know who the audience for Chirac is. Yeah, I wondered about that as well. I I I think if the idea is to try to reach the the practitioners of what you're railing against. You know the 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 kids and the, you know these young adults, these whoever in the street, mm-hmm. the the purveyors of these of this violence. I think the the method of this message may be a little over their head. The trappings are there, you mm-hmm. know. the The imagery is kind of there, but the whole wrapping it in this whole Greek tragedy, the speaking in verse that's not necessarily like uh, it's kind of like spoken word but there definitely is some some more rhythm and rhyme to it which then makes some of the dialogue come off a little bit like you said ham-handed hand-fisted i think that might lose them along with the running time of it it is long which means that it does get slow in some some parts the musical performances at times just come out of nowhere as will happen in uh something that is loosely a musical um but they could be distracting i don't know and then the older oh, like an older audience i don't know if they have the the attention span for it either or even that <laughs> you think old people can't watch stuff well honestly <laughs> Honestly, man, like I watched this film. I'm not a, I'm not a young buck, so I I watched this film and I was enjoying it. But then you got a little sleepy. I was nodding a little bit, man. I ain't even gonna front, you know. Sp- you know, Samuel Jackson, he, he couldn't have said wake up soon enough for me, man, because I was I was on dip. You need a little need a little break. Maybe get sandwiches, something. dude, man. Yo, I see. Oh, that's pretty. That's really I need funny. A cookie, man. <laughs> right. I was on dip for a couple of times on this. John, right. 
I loved her on Mad Men, and I and I really loved her performance in Dear in Dear White People. She's very good in that. As well. You know what? I still haven't seen Dear White People. Oh, she's good in that. I've not one seen of the best Dear White People. Yeah, yeah, one of the best things in that film. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a fan. Though. Yeah, I, I, I've I've long been a fan of her. Yeah. I think I think she was sublime on Bad Men. She was. I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a whole this is the whole new dawn. Right. <laughs> I was like, nice. Hey, dawn. <laughs> but even that, even that, I think there is something to be said. It's a fine line between sexualized and um, what's the word I want to use? Exploited. Exploited, or... maybe. Right. Like, like you know, and I understand the nature of the story is right. it's about sex, yeah. And you know, and I, I think certainly you you can argue that Nick Cannon's character is as objectified as Lestrade's character is. You could argue that. You, you could argue it. You could argue because certainly he is very much objectified. Like, like you could tell, you know, this is this is part of his role, and then when they culminate. In the two of them trying to, you know, in the sex off. In the sex off, you see, okay, well, I see what they. But there is that, and and again, I think I don't know if if I don't know how much credibility Spike Lee has as a filmmaker to go down this road. You don't think he has enough yet? Spike Lee in women is problematic. Okay, Spike okay. Lee in okay. women is you. problematic, which is why. So from that viewpoint, like I was like one of the film, and you know, just looking forward in the next two or three films, <laughs> one of the films I want to do is Crooklyn because I think Spike Lee's women in Crooklyn are good. Like I love Crooklyn, and I don't think it's a coincidence that his sister wrote the script, or or I don't know if she wrote the script, but she it's co-wrote her, it, I it. Yeah, it's her story. Yeah, and um, so that I don't know. If you know Spike Lee and in in Lestrade and, and all of the shots and the shots of the asses and the legs and you know you actually get these cut off shots of pieces and you know again point of the story and in the Lestrade myth and and sexual sex not sexuality but sex yes is yeah. in the center of it it is one of those things where I go back to what I said about fifteen twenty minutes ago I. I would have disagreed with like with if if like I was in charge of Spike Lee Inc. and Spike Forty said, Acres and a Mule. No, no, Spike Lee Inc. Oh, just Spike. Lee. Just Spike Lee Inc. Like if, if Spike said, "Hey man, I got an idea for a movie. We gonna do the Lestrada myth, but we gonna place it in modern day Chicago, and I'm gonna have Lestrada played by Don from a uh, Mad Men, and here's some of the costume designs." And I said, "I don't know, man. What else you got?" Like, I would have said, what else you got? I would have said, go for it. I would have been about it. And I would have rallied behind him, just like, obviously, Amazon Studios did. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean you know. It. Uh, I just, like I said, just I, I think he did not stick the landing. And right. Unfortunately, I don't think Spike Lee had stuck a landing in a little bit. That, what is the last Spike Lee movie that I rod with? That was a, that was a Spike Lee movie. You know, I mean, like I said, he, he's been like the like the director of hire on a few films, but I mean, if he's a director, he's a director. Well, yeah, but okay. But like, the, like the, but he's directed some films where he didn't necessarily wasn't the writer. You know what I mean? He's like, he's like, they hired him to, do. I mean, but so, so you're saying like Crooklyn and inside man don't count inside man. Well, what year was inside man? Cause I loved inside man. Uh, I know. I know you do. You, you love yourself some inside man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all this will be edited. Miracle out. at Santa Ana. 
No, he didn't write that. He only directed it. Okay. He didn't write Miracle or St. Anna. Well, Passing Strange was is an adapted play. Right, right. So play. he directed, which, which is probably the last thing of his that I that I saw that I liked. Um, you didn't see Red Hook Summer? I did not see Red Hook Summer. Red Hook Summer is is something. I did not see <laughs> Red Hook Summer. It's something. Really? It's it is it is. Yeah, I need to see Red Hook Summer again because Red Hook Summer is 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 something. Inside Man, he was just a director. He's not even a producer on it. Like well, I, said, well, I knew, I knew, I knew he didn't write the script. I right, knew they so, brought so, the script to but, him. But meaning that if he's not the producer, that means that he even has le- he's he really is just the hired gun. Oh, that's interesting. You connected to the production right. credit as well. Yeah, because if you're a producer, but you right, didn't write it, but you're you, part of the money. Yeah, you still okay, got. I see know, what you're skin saying. in the game. I see what you're saying. The producer argument is the best argument I've heard. Right. Uh, let me say this: I would rather have. 20 Red Hook Summers, Chirac's. Um, I haven't seen this for the sweet blood of Jesus, but I've heard things mm. that maybe are missteps, maybe aren't what you want. Like, like I love the fact that Spike Lee is at a point in his career where he can kind of do what he wants. And I'm, I'm going to try things and I'm going to do things. You know, I was thinking about George Lucas. Believe it or not, George Lucas is relevant to this. Where, you know, George Lucas had a little pushback against the force awakens yes where he said it's really just a throwback film and it kind of but but for those of us that kind of grew up in like star wars that's what we wanted like we didn't you know i we didn't like the prequels but what he said was i tried to do something new with the prequels like i Mm -hmm. did this stuff with the original trilogy now i'm gonna do something new because you know it's it's i don't know how much we're bleeping but you know this is my shit Right, like Star Wars is my shit. Now I'm gonna do something new with it. And we said, ah, we don't really like it that much. And then new dude came in and gave us basically a re, a, a, a revamped, a revamping thing. of the original. original. And we said, yay, that's what we want. And George Lucas said, well, you know, I'm a filmmaker, and I won. I didn't really want to go backwards. Mm-hmm. So I think for a lot of us, when we talk about Spike Lee. And and the the sort of golden era of Spike Lee, which which you know I kind of stop right at Bamboozled, right around Bamboozled, because okay. I think Bamboozled, like like I like when I heard Chirac was going to be a satire, what I thought immediately was, oh, he's going back into Bamboozled territory, because mm-hmm. I thought Bamboo Bamboozled is actually a late masterpiece right where you you know all everything that we've talked about with the with the tonal shifts and and and, 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 and and the hyper realism and all of these things all came together in bamboozle right and but bamboozle's like what 10 15 from 2000 yeah that's like 15 years ago so like i admire the fact that spike lee is doing what spike lee thinks spike lee should do and if I don't dig it, I mean, whether we talking about Spike Lee, whether we talking about like, you know, I'm one of them people. I ain't really mess with uh, Kanye West after his, first, you know, once he got to 808 and heartbreaks, I left Kanye West alone. But you know what? Hey, that ain't for me. Right. This is what I make. Right. So, you know, Spike Lee, George Lucas, Kanye West, whoever, people who have a body of work like I am making my work and I'm glad that you enjoyed my early work. But because I'm not a hired gun, because I'm not just going to keep, you know, I'm not Chuck Lorre making the Big Bang Theory. Like, I'm like, this is my art. This is what I do. I'll take a Chirac and, again, is damning with faint praise. He meant well. But, you know, hell, this is a Spike Lee movie. 
Like this is a Spike Lee movie. Which you like you, you almost should be happy that you get a Spike Lee movie. Yes, but you just want a good Spike Lee movie. But see, that's all relative. Okay, very true. I mean, so relative if, relative in this room, I didn't enjoy it. I think for what we've talked about the past hour, I thought it was a misstep. Right. I think he made decisions that I wouldn't have made. Right. But I'm also not Spike Lee. Okay. And I didn't enjoy it. Right. And and you? I did. I overall did not enjoy it. Okay. But I'd rather have an audacious failure. I'd rather have this than straight out of Compton. Okay. Didn't see that one coming, did you? <laughs> I can't believe <laughs> didn't see that one coming. You are back to straight out of Compton. <laughs> you have come. I've got my barometer now, man. My barometer has been set. This or straight out of Compton. Well, I'd rather have this or straight out of Compton. <laughs> straight out of Compton is just your true north. That's, the, That's you your go. true north. There you go. <laughs> is this better or worse than straight out of Compton? <laughs> It's better than straight out of conference. Oh boy! So yeah, but <sighs> but I'm glad we did this first for Spike Lee. As I mean, as I mean obviously, I mean obviously, anyone who pays attention to the theme music, you know, we we are fans uh, of devout, Spike Lee, devout fans of Spike. You know, longtime fans. Yes, you know, from the very so. beginning, fans, and and um, it's kind of nice. To, to I, I I I I actually like this. Like I I, I want to let's work the fringes. Of Spike Lee. Oh yeah. You know, before we get to do the right get thing, to the meat. you know, get to Malcolm X. Yeah. Get to Jungle Fever, like you know the big ones. You know exactly. So, so that's uh, gonna be a minute. We there's so there's there's so many black films. From, from what about. I understand, we're going to watch all of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So would you recommend people see this? Wow, that's a very good question. That's a very good question. Would I recommend you see this? There's so many important elements of this film that I would recommend that people see this film, but you don't got to run. You don't have to run to it. You know what I mean? I would recommend people see this film. I think you should always see a master at work. You with this master stuff. I mean, he's a master filmmaker. He's a see, he's he's a, he, I, I put I the, agree his body of work. work. I don't agree that he's a master filmmaker. Well, I think he's a master filmmaker. Like a master filmmaker to me is Steven Spielberg, Martin Scorsese, Spike Lee. Is Quentin Tarantino a master? Is this someone who has a body put, of work? I put I would put Spike Lee and and Quentin Tarantino on the same tier. Okay, I would put them on the same tier. All right, and now. A master filmmaker to me is Martin Scorsese, uh, Steven Spielberg, uh, Sidney Lumet. Um, those are master master filmmakers. Spike Lee and and Quentin Tarantino are there with Francis Ford Coppola, Chris Nolan. Yeah, um, Chris Nolan. Chris Nolan is with them. Chris Nolan. He, he he's got a, he's a, about maybe two more really good films before I would elevate him to to where Scorsese and Spielberg are to me. I would argue you, you just talk about levels of mastery. Maybe so. Right. Which that's fine. Maybe so. But I think if, if you if you are are completely in control of your craft, if you are able to get your vision on screen, if I'm able to watch a film that you made mm -hmm. and I can say, Oh, that's blah blah blah. 
I think that is a sign of your mastery. I give you that. That you are actually an an auteur, as they say. And I'm probably doing them a disservice and sectioning them off like I am. So you're right. Which which to fold back is my Inside Man argument. Like, if you didn't tell me that Spike Lee directed Inside Man, there are scenes and shots in Inside Man where I'd say, oh, this is some Spike Lee shit. Right. And then it's like, well, Spike Lee directed it. Right. Well, how about that? But that's conversation we're we're actually we're we're like we're we're like Chirac right now so <laughs> we're running over we're, we're running as I look at my timer we're at like 110 yeah it's so, time, it's time to get I mean that's on you though you the editor yeah well, well by the time we edit out a bunch of pauses it'll be down to like about 30 minutes <laughs> it'll be a 30 minute show no 35 cuz we got to stick the trailer in um <laughs> we, we, I spent 10 minutes looking up Prince of Cats. Uh, you know, my man. My man. <laughs> that dude. You know, you know, my man. He made it. Lefty brother. Um, <laughs> do we know? So, so next next film, next week, uh, we've got another film. Doing this weekly, ladies and gentlemen. Chalking out. Do we know what our next film is? No, no. Because yeah. it's my. It's I, your choice. I, I will say this. I might stick with Spike. Man, you can't go with it. Don't do Spike. I might stick with Spike. Oh, come on, man. I'm. We got Spike in the. We got Spike theme music. We just did a Spike movie. So what's this? Because it left a bad taste in my mouth. So, so so you can go watch the Spike film, but we we can't review another Spike film. It's got to be something else. My choice. All right. We'll see. I'll think about it. Oh, Jesus. We'll, we'll we'll post it on Facebook. We'll, we'll post it and on Facebook, on Twitter, on Twitter and all the and various and sundry. And we're sending out the invitation out there for you. Where, as we have said on our zero episode, the third seat is open. We are looking for some female movie critics or movie reviewers or movie lovers that would like to join us with their black film of choice that we will watch and review here. Join us for a stop on the Michelle mission. We actually have a few uh, reviewers already lined up. We have Marla Campbell Harris of Black Star Film Fest. She's already lined up. I know we're going to be reviewing uh, Middle of Nowhere with her. Mm. We're going, we have uh, Dr. Elizabeth Sumter of Myth Media Studios. She has chosen Purple Rain. We have Leanne Lindsay of Tinsel and Tine uh, movie blog. Uh, go to tinselandtine.com. She is still trying to wrap her head around one, what film she wants to do, and two, I usually write about my movie reviews. I don't know if I want to tell them. I'm like, Lindsay, Leanne, just get on here and do this review. We've got uh, Thomasina Ferrara of Music, Thoughts, and Movies. Uh, Her blog, she will also be joining us. She's um, selecting her film. And Tishka Smith of the Racism is a Sickness uh, art installation down in West Philadelphia. Um, That uh, actually runs through all throughout February at the uh, 52nd and Webster in, in, in West Philadelphia, here in Philadelphia. Once that ends at the end of February, she is going to decompress from the heaviness of that subject and choose a movie and come in and join us. So we've got, a, and, and we're going to be here for a while. We're doing every black film ever. So if you want to join us, we, we don't just want female reviewers. We don't just want female reviewers, but it's nice to have a female. Yeah. To it's get, you know, nice to, to have another voice, but another you, female, but you yeah. know, outside of it, just, yeah, you so, sound mad sketchy when you said that. I did really. 
like mad sketchy. Well, I, then I apologize. Okay. So, right. so, so if your brother, anybody that wants right. to come in right. Right. and join us with a, with a black film, we want to just get some, like you said, different colors. So, so bring in some some female voices, but it's not just okay. Okay, anybody's welcome. Get me in trouble with my wife. Uh, that's what that's crazy. about. That's what that's about. <laughs> I knew there was something. I knew there was an undertone there. <laughs> yeah, we won't get the ladies to talk about some movies. <laughs> <laughs> funniest Wesley Snipes ever <coughs> oh god alright we gotta get out of here alright this is my fun you can hit us up send us your feedback on Mission at gmail.com go to michellemission.com leave your comments for the show or you can find us on iTunes as well as on SoundCloud and now you can also find us on blacktribbles.com alright this is Len that is Vince and in parting we say See you at the movie. I'm still working on the on the catchphrase. See you at the, you know, bring the popcorn. <laughs> See you at the movies. Hubba dubba bubba bubba. There you go. That's what I was like. <laughs> Now it's time to bid adieu, it's been a pleasure knowing you, I'll see you when it's time to meet again.